I had no expectations of when this journey was going to be over with. Mm. It was God's journey. And when he Mm. chose for it to be over with, it would be over with. Mm. And it didn't, it didn't mean that I didn't have hope. It Mm -hmm. didn't mean that I didn't stand on his promises. Mm -hmm. It just meant that it was his, that I surrendered the entire journey over to him. Hello and welcome to the Meet Me and Isaiah podcast. My name is Marnie Clark. I'm your host and we are continuing with our His Letters series, Your Personality in His Hands. We're speaking with Karen Williams. She is owner of Blue Feather Candle Company. She is going to tell us an incredible, miraculous story of how God sustained her, how he sustained her husband through a very serious illness that went undiagnosed for quite some time. We are going to talk personality at the end of this episode. So if you want to hear a little bit about Karen and her ISFJ personality type, that will be a bonus at the end. So here we go. Hey, Karen, thank you so much for being here today. I'm just I'm so privileged to be able to sit with sit with you sit with your story and for others to hear just what God the amazing things he's done in your life. Yeah, thank you, Marnie, for having me. It's, it's a privilege to be able to tell God's story. And it is it's God's story. We're gonna we're gonna get into that. So we'll just jump right in. So share with share with the audience your journey. I know that it's been quite a journey, um, but it's going to take a little background for for everyone to understand um, just what a journey it was. Yeah, it was a journey, and it was um, it was a wild ride. But God was with us, and on December of 2019, actually on Christmas Eve, I had to carry my husband Mark to the ER. He was just in excruciating pain, and it was like his headache was like something we just never had experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the ER and they basically just sent us home. They basically blew us off. And so on December 25th, on Christmas Day, I had left to go get some pain meds that they had given us and um, came back and he was in such horrific pain and I said I think we need to go to the ER and he said yeah well I couldn't he had passed out twice while I was gone oh my gosh and I couldn't get him in the car it's Christmas day and I'm running from neighbor's house to neighbor's house trying to find someone that could help me get him in the car Mm. and um, thankfully our neighbor was so sweet and helped me get him in and um we got there and they admitted him and I knew that something was wrong they just kept saying it was a sinus infection and it was the holidays and we were just going to have to wait and they would give him pain meds to help with the headache but 
the symptoms were just not his normal sinus infections of the past. I've never passed out with a sinus infection. (laughs) (laughs) And your face probably has never swollen up and red to the touch and your orbital area of being just basically closed together. And so we had surgery. His first surgery uh, was December the 27th of 2019. And it was after the holidays and between between Christmas and New Year's. And if we had known at that time what was going to happen, I would have thrown up a white flag and said, just go ahead and take me home. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> just, just come quickly because I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, Aren't you glad you didn't know? Uh, I am. I mean, God has been so good and refined me and shown me so much that it's, an incredible journey and that's why I feel so compelled to tell the story Mm. but that was the first of uh, 11 surgeries in 24 months and Mm. he had his first surgery on December the 27th and then we kept going back to the doctor and he was still in pain and the doctor kept saying oh well you're just gonna have to it's just gonna take some time it's just gonna take some time and it was like this is a man that would have a sinus infection once or twice a year. Right. He'd take some meds and he would be fine. You know, he did not miss a beat. And um, finally, the doctor finally listened to him and sent him to another ENT in their offices that has specialized in sinuses. Mm -hmm. The doctor was very kind, very kind. I think he knew that I was a, we were all a little bit of emotional wreck. We had been through so much. And he said, I got to do one more surgery. Mm. And so it was in the middle of COVID. No one could go. Mm. I actually, I dropped him off and the doctor called me and said, he has something called osteonecrosis. And I said, I don't mm. know what that is. And he said, well, it's bone death. And I said, how do we go from a sinus infection Mm. to bone death? Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't know, but that's what he has. But I'm going to send you to UAB, and they'll have to take over from here. It's Mm -hmm. it's out of my league. And um, so we went to UAB at the end of June, July, and um, they did a CT scan And the doctor came out, and he was so kind and so professional, but he just didn't make eye contact. Mm -hmm. And that discernment was, oh, this is not going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) And so he said, well, he said, you know, I know you had diagnosed with kidney cancer in January. Did you have chemo? Did you have radiation? No, we didn't have any of that. And he said, have you been in a car accident? And no, there's been no car accident whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you have catastrophic damage to your face. Mm -hmm. As if that your face was shattered and in a car accident. Wow. And again, I'm a why person. I was like, how do you go from a sinus infection to this how does this happen right and he said I don't have any answers for you right now but but we we can take care of it Mm -hmm. it's like 
okay, okay. <laughs> and um, then he had additional surgeries. The first surgery was to remove just a portion of his jawbone mm-hmm. to try to get a bo- bone biopsy. And um, he ended up removing six teeth and all of his jawbone. Mm. There was just a sliver left. And he came out and he told me, he said, it was far worse than we anticipated. And um, he said, we're going to have to go back in in two weeks and do the other side. He said, there's nothing Uh. salvageable at all. And again, in the middle of COVID, it was just me and trying to comprehend and process what he was saying. And I looked at him and I said, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. How did this happen? You know, and he said, I don't know. I don't know. He said, we've got some biopsies and we're going to try to see what we have. Mm. And then I said, is he going to be okay? Is he, you know, is he going to be normal? Right. And he turned his head and he looked at the wall and he came back and he said, I hope so. And at that moment, I knew that this was far beyond me, far beyond my husband, that this was not a journey that we could even comprehend. And that was just the beginning of the journey. Mm. Um, So amongst that, they went in two weeks later and removed the other side of his jaws and his teeth. And um, he came out and he said, I was able to save a sliver of bone. He said, so that's encouraging. And I was like, great. And he said, if I had not removed him, he said he would have woke up one day with his jawbones and teeth laying out on the bed. Wow. Yeah. It's like a night. I mean, that was a nightmare. Yeah, it was. And it was just trying to comprehend, you know, it was just, it was so bizarre. I mean, I didn't know anybody that had had this and still at the time, they still had no idea why. Yeah. So we went to the infectious disease department at UAB in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> we were, you know, like, oh, yeah, they're really going to have time for us. Mm. But um, they were wonderful. They truly were wonderful. Um, and they kept working and working and working, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. And when the biopsies came back, there was nothing. They had no, they said, there's nothing that shows why you would have this catastrophic damage. We have no answers. That's the worst. It is. Not having answers is absolutely the worst, especially when you're a white person like I am. And so they said, you know, you've got to go on this antibiotic, try to make sure that whatever caused this is completely gone well in october infectious disease called and it had been about eight weeks since he had had both of his jaws removed Mm. and they called and they said 
have the answer. I called Path and asked them to pull your biopsy again. And you have something called mucor, the mucor fungus. And it's really rare. It's one in a million people have it. And you have to go to this ENT that's a specialist. And so yet again, there was another doctor's appointment. And um, when we walked into the doctor's office, the first thing that we'd never met this person. And she said, oh, thank God. I did not know what you were going to look like. Mm. And my husband and I just looked at each other and it was like, okay. And she immediately said, do you understand what you have? And we said, no. Mm -hmm. She said, this has a very high mortality rate, over 60%. And you're going home to get your clothes. And um, you're going to be here. And I'm going to do an MRI and we're going to do surgery. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, you will be here. You will be his advocate, and if anyone has a problem with that, you tell them to see me. She said, yes, we are in lockdown. Yes, Mm -hmm. we are in COVID, but you have to be here for him. What a gift. It was a gift. Mm. She was like a bulldog, but she was incredible, and she was my advocate. And that was God sent. Mm -hmm. Truly, it was God sent. So we went, and, you know... Our regular doctor came in and saw us, and he said, well, now we know. He said, he's very fortunate. He's very fortunate. Mm. In fact, we had five doctors at UAB tell us that he was fortunate. And that is the medical field saying, wow, God performed a miracle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And did God perform a miracle? It is amazing what God did. And, you know, we went through, and after they did the the surgery to check to see if any more of the fungus was there, and there wasn't, that she didn't see anything where she was able to go, but she said, she said, look, if there's one spore left, she said, it can travel to the brain, it will just create more damage, it will just be so much... And she said, so you're going to have to go on an antifungal meds for 90 days. Mm. She said, there can be no rebuild surgery. There can be no facial reconstruction surgery until we know that this is completely killed. Mm -hmm. Because if we move forward with the rebuild surgery and there's a spore there, we'll have to do it all over again. And so... Once again, we were waiting, you know, it was always waiting. And and I think at that point is when I realized that I had no expectations of when this journey was going to be over with. Mm. It was God's journey. And when he Mm. chose for it to be over with, it would be over with. Mm. And it didn't didn't mean that I didn't have hope. It Mm. didn't mean that I didn't stand on his promises. Mm -hmm. It just meant that... It was his, that I surrendered the entire journey over to him. Mm-hmm. So 90 days, and then on May the 5th, we finally had 
the rebuild surgery, the facial reconstruction surgery. Again, it was the middle of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let anybody there with me. And my husband fought. He said, this is an 11-hour-plus surgery. Can she not have one person? And they said no. Mm. And so there was tears shed over that. Um, my best friend was going to be there with me and, mm. you know, stay with me, keep my mind occupied. But God gave me such a supernatural encounter with him on that day. I woke up and I was calm. I had a peace. You know, we packed up to be in the hospital for 10 to two weeks at the hospital. And um, I had prayer with Mark before we left. And when they took him away from me, I just looked at the nurses and anesthesiologists and I said, he's precious to me. You make sure you take care of him. And I go back out and I wait and I send texts out to people and say they've taken him down and trying to keep everybody up. And I watched movies on Netflix, which is so (laughs) not like me because I usually can get really wound up. (laughs) And, um, but in hindsight, it had to be that way. It had to be that way because we as Christians at times all experience a peace that surpasses understanding. Mm-hmm. But this was almost, this was an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And if my best friend had been there with me, I would have given her credit mm-hmm. for keeping me calm. I would have given her credit for keeping me preoccupied. Mm-hmm. But it was just me and God. Mm. And it was seriously the most supernatural, out-of-body experience, if that makes sense. But it was so sweet. Mm. I literally felt like that I was in his arms. And it was probably six weeks later when it finally hit me. I had the aha moment was, it had to be that way. Mm. There was no other way for me to give God all the glory if it had not been that I was able to experience him that way. Wow. So they removed his fibula and they put the dental implants in the bone before they ever even removed the bone. And then they rebuilt his jaws. They rebuilt his hard palate. They rebuilt his cheekbones. Mm-hmm and parts of his sinuses Mm -hmm. and it was just the most bizarre journey it was sometimes I still don't have words for it you know I sometimes I stand back and I think wow but if there's one thing that I can share with anybody that is going through a relentless and you're in the fire for so long, and you do not understand what's going on, and you feel like that you are drowning, and you're being overwhelmed, and you're being, you know, hosed down with a fire hydrant, and you can't even catch your breath. 
I was reading the other morning, and I just want to share this. It's Isaiah 43, verse 2 and 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And there's so many times when you're going through a trial or a fire or a storm that you just feel like that no one understands and quite honestly you know we had a tribe of people that stood with us but we didn't even understand it right so how could they understand it they were not in the doctor's offices they were not in the consultations and if we didn't understand it how could they Mm -hmm. and at the time before they actually found the fungus they didn't understand it. Right. Now, that's scary when you think about you're at one of the best facilities and they look at you and they say, we don't know why. Mm. And, but God was so gracious. God gave me that word early on that he was gracious. Mm. And Mark and I have had friends that have passed that were younger than him through this journey And we have survivor's guilt. Mm. We really do. There's times that we think, God, you know, why why me? Not why did I experience this, but why why did God allow a miracle? Wow. Because we, at times, like I said, feel guilty. My goodness, I'm so forever grateful. And I think that's why I feel compelled to tell the story. Mm. I have to tell the story. You know, You hear about people praying and praying and praying for people. And then you never hear the results. Yeah. Or, you know, they passed on. God chose to give them their miracle in heaven. Yeah. But God allowed us to see a miracle. Yeah. And he allowed it to be my husband. And I didn't create a Facebook page or a Caring Bridge page or anything like that. Because I didn't understand it. How, how could I verbalize it? Right. But we had people from all over the country praying for us. We had people in the West Coast and the East Coast and the Middle America and the Midwest that was praying for us. This lady out of the blue sent me an email and said, I've heard of your story, of your husband's story, and I just want you to know that our church lifted you and your husband up in prayer by name, and we wanted to do something. And she sent me a gift certificate to Ashley Max, you know, and she Aww. was way out of the country. Wow. And um, how precious. Yeah, it was. And it was just people heard Mark's story from a friend of a friend of a friend. And it's such a bizarre story. I mean, I don't know many people that's had facial reconstruction surgery. And who has that mm-hmm. you know who, who gets a face rebuilt <laughs> yeah it's not like you had a template no to, to go by no, I couldn't even google anything it's like I don't even oh. know what I'm supposed to google <laughs> oh my word your story is so beautiful um, first of all just how completely out of control like 
and the gift of surrender. Like it was like God was just saying, give this to me because <laughs> you can't control it that. anyway. There's a story about <laughs> Tell that. Tell us about it if you want to. Um, this was prior to us finding out that it was the mucor fungus. Uh, it was after we had started going to UAB and um, he was in one of his surgeries, one of the first surgeries where they removed his one of the left side of his jaw, I believe. And I had been listening to praise music and praise music. And um, I just cut my music off and I was just sitting in a chair, just really not thinking about anything. And it was surrender. Mm. Even if I take him, will you surrender? And I jumped up and I started walking the circle in the waiting room and it's a big circle and I was just like you cannot ask me to do this you Mm. cannot ask me to do this so I had about two weeks of fighting with God and compromising with God I didn't sleep I'd wake up at one o'clock two o'clock in the morning and I'd go in and into the den and I would start praying and I'd say God you cannot ask me to do this Mm -hmm. I cannot surrender him to you and then it was like, okay, God, after about five nights of no sleep, I was like, okay, God, I will surrender his health to you. And I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I can't tell you how proud of myself I was. I was like, give me a high five, God. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> then I still couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It still was not enough. Mm-hmm. I had to surrender everything. Mm-hmm. And I can be a little bit of a control freak. And um, it was like, no, that's not enough. That's not enough. And finally, one night after, I don't know what day it was of fighting, (laughs) (laughs) I finally said, really, you win. Because as a Christian, I have no choice but to surrender. Mm. I surrender it all. I surrender his health. I surrender you. I surrender the chaos. I surrender my fear. I surrender my anxiety. I surrender it. Mm. And I realize that no matter how tight you try to hold on to something, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, when you go to the beach and you grab sand and you try to put it in your hand to hold it, (laughs) there's grains that's going to fall through that. And it was just like, the sand just fell through my hands and I realized I don't have any control. Yeah. There's zero control in all of this. Mm. And God was amazing. He gave me a piece that I had not had mm. for six months. And it was a piece. I, I still didn't know what was going to unfold, but I was able to say, It's yours. Yeah. It's yours. I surrender. I surrender my anxiety and my fear. And there was a lot of fear. Yeah. There was a lot of fear. You know, when I hear you tell that story, I think about what I would have been like if I had heard God say that to me. I would have been like, oh, no, why did he say that? Is he going to take him? Like, is that, you know, it, was, it would have been that fear that would have initially come in. But looking at it, hearing what happened, it's like God was giving you such a gift. He knew that the way to bring you into peace. Mm-hmm. 
that was the only way. Yeah, it was the only way. It was the only way um, because he certainly knows my personality. (laughs) 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 And um, I don't recommend compromising with God. At some point, you just have to say, okay, you win. You're God. I'm not. So it's all yours. Oh, I love it. So that, and that reminds me so much of another passage in Isaiah. I just have to bring this out. I can't help it. Um, that word gracious that you said he gave to you and, um, which we're going to talk, I'm in a minute, I'm going to ask you about, um, handle business, which, um, is something God gave you. Um, and that all ties into this because you let me pick a candle and I picked the one that was called gracious because of this verse. I love it. It's, um, Isaiah 30, 18, and it says, therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you for the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. And then the verse before that, Isaiah, a few verses before that, Isaiah thirty fifteen says, for thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has said, in repentance and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Um, and then it, and then the end of that verse says, but you are not willing. Of course, <laughs> that describes me really well. <laughs> um, but you were willing. It took a little while, but it was that rest. That was your salvation. That was your peace. That was God saying, I long to be gracious to you. I want, I want you to have this peace. And this is how I'm going to give it to you. It's in the surrender. That's just so beautiful. It is. And um, I failed to mention that in January of 2020, he was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And that was because I kept pushing for additional tests mm. and at the time, we thought, okay, well, this is it. This is what's caused all of his issues. But we forget about the cancer because who would have ever thought cancer was going to be a walk in the park? Wow. But God gave me that word gracious early on. It was not a word that I normally used. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, oh, well, I'm grateful or but gracious. Mm-hmm. It was just, he was so gracious every step of the way every single step of the way and wow so candles i know this sounds like this is not like it sounds like such a strange transition i'm like now let's talk about candles but you're going to tell us how this is um how this relates so yeah it's a really 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 bizarre story but it's one of those things that in hindsight i look back that it was in God's will. Another part of compelled to tell the story. Mm-hmm. One evening, I was coming in from work, and it was in November, middle of November, and it was dark, and they had told us, you know, if there's one spore alive, it's just going to continue to cause damage. Mm-hmm. And um, one night, we were sitting on the TV, sitting, watching TV, and I looked over at Mark and I said, we're going to learn how to make candles. And he said, pardon? (laughs) And I said, we're going to learn how to make candles. And he said, do you know anything about candles? I said, not a thing. 
not a thing. He said, okay. He knew me well enough to know that if I said we're going to do something. No point in fighting. Yeah, no point in fighting. But um, a couple of reasons is that the main reason was I needed a distraction Mm -hmm. because I was working and coming home and trying to make sure that he was okay and trying to be his advocate at every step of the way of with the doctors and balancing work and balancing that was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I needed something to take my mind off all of that. Mm-hmm. And now granted, if I had known that making candles were as expensive as they were, I probably would have tried to find another distraction. <laughs> but um, it was great. I started doing research and watched a lot of YouTube videos and um, Blue Feather Candle Company was born. And it's a platform to be able to tell God's story, Mm -hmm. to tell God's miracle. And that's the way that I've been able to to share the story. I've already shared it more than I ever would have if the candles hadn't have been born. Mm -hmm. And the name comes from Blue Feather Candle Company. It came from... um, Psalms 91.4, where he says, he will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. And that's the only way we made it. God Mm -hmm. protected us. God protected Mark every step of the way. And then blue comes from, um, there's several different meanings of the blue feather but one of them was acceptance Mm. and it's an ongoing acceptance of where we are mark is you know he's not who he used to be he doesn't have the energy after 11 surgeries he's has memory fog he has the fatigue is overwhelming and um but he's alive Mm -hmm. and um So it's an ongoing acceptance to us. It's not how we thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, a little sidebar here. We had been praying for names. I'd been looking for a name. And I was writing all these names down. And I was coming up with, you know, all these names. And my husband would say, where did you get that? I said, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Brainstorming. Yeah. And um, I really wanted to name it... uh, Highlands, because Highlands, North Carolina, is, has been so good for our soul for all the years when we've gone. And um, I was determined, I was determined I was going to use that name. Mm-hmm. And then I realized it sounds like a mortgage company. And so I was like, oh, that's funny. It can't be that. And so I came up with Blue Feather, and I was like, is it is it not is it is it not and my husband loved it immediately Mm -hmm. so I started praying I said you know God I'm not asking for complete manna on the ground but I would love to see a feather (laughs) I would love to see a feather and in a week's time I saw two feathers oh and I had to lay in there yeah I have not seen any since so I said okay it's Blue Feather Candle Company oh and the his the scripture just ties in to our story mm-hmm. because 
God protected us. Mm-hmm. And it's the platform to tell the story. Well, when we had coffee <clears throat> and you, you brought your candles and these candles are amazing. They smell so good. I mean, they smell so good. They're such good candles. But they're all named something that goes along with your story. And, of course, I, I wanted the one that was called Gracious. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I had a, my best friend said, oh, you should name the store name the candles after your journey and I said I can't do that right now I am overwhelmed Uh and um but one night sitting there and I said all right let's do this and there's one that's called stormy because for two and a half years it was a relentless storm Mm -hmm. it was a relentless storm but that scent smells so good (laughs) (laughs) um and then kindred I named one candle kindred for all the people that stood in the gap for us, that prayed for us, Mm -hmm. that we didn't even know. To this day, we still have not met so many people that were praying for us. Mm -hmm. Then gracious. And gracious is because God gave me that word early on. And it just feels like a warm hug when you smell that candle. (laughs) It's it's a (laughs) yummy smell. And then New Day, um, I named that New Day because the sin actually kind of like, you think, oh, it's kind of cold outside. It's not going to be a good day. Because I used that word, New Day, every time we left the doctor's office and we were just still trying to process and we did not understand it. Before we ever even got in the car, I turned to Mark and I would say, tomorrow's a new day. Mm. Tomorrow's a new day. And um, the next one is called Essence. And I named that because you would have to know my husband, but he is the most wonderful person. He's my constant in an ever-changing world. But he's always a gentleman. Mm. And he walked with such grace and such character. And he never complained. I can assure you, I would have been like, oh, my God, I'm done. I'm done. He never said that. (laughs) And then the last one is called Serene. Because in the midst of the storm, God was always there. Mm -hmm. He was always there. And without him, we would not have made it. He was sleeping in the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he was. He was sleeping in the boat. Ah. That is so beautiful. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for sharing. I'm just, God is so glorified in this and in the the miracle and the surrender and the, just the gifts that he gave you afterwards is just, it's just amazing. So thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're compelled to tell this. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Again, I want people to see Jesus. It's, it's not about us. It's God's journey. It's his journey. We're just the people. We're just the vessel. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, as promised, here is our personality type recap. It is incredible what happens when we put our personalities, when we put our lives in God's hands. Karen talked a lot about surrender and about the peace that came from that. It is so cool to see what he did. 
So Karen, as an ISFJ personality type, would typically like things to be very concrete, specific, practical, realistic. They are caregivers. They usually don't like to be front and center, very kind, very thoughtful. And we see how God really equipped her to care for Mark with her personality type. Um, Just ISFJs are, are typically caregivers. And she was just fiercely caring for Mark. She was his advocate. On the flip side, I would think that this situation would be especially hard for someone with an ISFJ personality type because she had no template to go on. She said she's a Y person and the doctors couldn't even tell her what it was. They didn't know what it was. She couldn't even Google information about it because it was so rare. And so it is incredible how God carried her through this, how he he empowered her, how he sustained her with his incredible peace despite how challenging the situation was. I love also that she says that she is compelled to tell this story. ISFJs typically don't like to be in the spotlight, and she confirmed that because she said this is not her, but she feels compelled to tell God's miraculous faithfulness in their lives. And she did it really well. It's amazing to see how God empowered her to confidently share this story with all of us, despite the fact that that is not her usual personality type. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And please pass this on to a friend who you think might be encouraged. If you'd like to contact us with any questions or if you have a story, you can reach out to us at info at meetmeinisaiah.com.